0: This is Viewpoint with attorney and author Chuck Meyer. Viewpoint is a one-hour talk show confronting the issues of America's heart and
1: home. And now with today's edition of Viewpoint, here is Chuck Meyer. It's all happening as we speak, friends. This very day and yesterday, we're going to see how authoritarianism is not only encroaching, but has made serious, serious encroachments on our beloved country. The United States of America. How is that possible to have taken place while people are screaming, democracy, democracy? We're going to talk about that here on Viewpoint today. And quite frankly, what we're talking about is something that is so profoundly dangerous for our country and the world that it is very hard to comprehend the extent to which this is taking place. So I hope, my friends, that you will stay tuned that you'll not just listen to a portion of today's program, but if you are somehow restrained or prevented or unable to listen to the entirety of the program, that you do your best to go back to our website, saveus.org, this evening or tomorrow, and pick up the program and listen to it its entirety. Otherwise, you are likely to actually... Result in a misunderstanding of what is being said rather than a true understanding. We're going to translate a lot of things here today on Viewpoint. We're going to make a lot of contrasts here today on Viewpoint, and it's going to take the entire hour in order to do that. So please stay tuned, my friends. It's conversation as always with ever increasing conviction, talk that transforms. Talk that transforms. Our country is being transformed as we speak. It's being transformed into an authoritarian state. I hate to put it so bluntly, and it pains me to actually admit that. But it is true. All of the facts point that way, and we'll see how indeed it is taking place. Yesterday, the former New York mayor, Rudy Giuliani, Secured a U.S. bankruptcy judge's approval to challenge a $148 million defamation verdict won by two former Georgia election workers after he showed that he would not be spending his own money to do so. The U.S. bankruptcy judge, Sean Lane, entered a court order allowing Giuliani to seek a new trial and challenge the amount of damages awarded to Andrea Shea Moss and her mother, whom Giuliani had accused of fraud after former President Donald Trump's 2020 election loss. Now, please bear in mind that this was a opinion voiced by Mr. Giuliani, a lawyer, former New York mayor, in a state that is enmeshed in one of the most horrific anti-election freedom cases that this country has ever experienced. It has made national television, even as the prosecutorial DA, is now on the stand for her own disingenuous behavior, unrighteous behavior, and lack of proper legal ethics it has compromised seriously the case that in its face was perhaps one of the most disingenuous legal cases against a political opponent. Now, Rudy Giuliani faced a $148 million defamation verdict, and the judge says, you know what? I'm going to let you defend yourself. I'm going to let you go back. And I'm going to let you challenge the foundation of this verdict. Well, here's another one. RFK Jr., a federal judge today issued a preliminary injunction prohibiting the Biden administration officials and agencies from coercing or encouraging social media platforms to suppress or censor online content containing protected free speech. Today's ruling stems from a class action lawsuit filed in March of 2023, a year ago, by Robert F. Kennedy Jr., who is a candidate for president that Joe Biden despises. The suit was filed on behalf of more than 80% of Americans who access news through social media. Judge Doughty found that several of the defendants in the lawsuit, that were all government agents, violated the plaintiff's free speech rights under the First Amendment, causing irreparable harm. The court recognized that the right of free speech is a fundamental constitutional right that is vital to the freedom of our nation. And the Kennedy plaintiffs have produced evidence of, uh, please listen carefully, the judge says the Kennedy plaintiffs have produced evidence of a massive effort by defendants from the White House to federal agencies to suppress speech based on its content. And it all has to do with politics. It all has to do with the Biden administration seeking to absolutely shut down Robert F. Kennedy Jr. in his effort to run for president. The government, the lawsuit alleges, pressured social media platforms to directly suppress or censor Kennedy. I want you to think about these things. As we contrast, for instance, with Russia. Russia denouncing Israel's inhumane plans for Gaza. The U.S. has vetoed a third ceasefire resolution at the U.N. Security Council since the war began. But Russia says the U.S. is shamefully covering for Israel's plan to make Gaza uninhabitable. That's what the Russian envoy said. You say, well, what does that have to do with any of this that you were just talking about? Well, please hang in there, friends, because here on Viewpoint, we're going to, pre- we're going to bring a whole lot of things together and tie things together so that we can understand the dimension of what is taking place, what authoritarianism looks like, and how it often masquerades in the name of democracy. Putin then, in another article, says don't touch the kids. He was warning the homosexual community in Russia. He says Russia is actually tolerant of people with non traditional sexual orientations so long as they don't target children or flaunt their preferences. He said that yesterday. Over the past few years, Russia has gradually tightened its legislation aimed at countering the spread of what it calls LGBT ideology. The ban was reinforced in December of 2022, when new legislation introduced major fines for anyone found guilty of promoting non-traditional sexual relations, pedophilia, and transgenderism among minors and adults alike. Last year, the Supreme Court of Russia outlawed the international LGBT public movement designated as extremists. What's the difference between what Putin and Russia are saying here concerning moral issues and what the court described the Biden administration doing concerning political issues. Think about it. We'll be right back. In addition, my friends, the Russian Church, the Russian Orthodox Church, has blasted the Vatican over gay blessings. The Catholic Church's view on same-sex couples goes against Christian teachings, said the Russian priests. The Vatican's recent decision to permit the blessings of same-sex couples is a deviation from the Christian faith, said the Russian Orthodox Church. The commission that met together yesterday said... They were in unanimous agreement that this novelty that the Vatican has presented represents a drastic departure from Christian moral teachings. Question. Are these statements coming from Putin and the Russian Orthodox Church, are they representative of authoritarianism? Or are they representative of an effort to to keep the country's moral behavior stable within the country. And is there a difference? Is there a difference between attempting to keep the moral condition of a country stable and not go off into debauchery, which creates chaos, as compared with the efforts of leaders in a country to prevent legitimate communication and actually not only to censor it, but to find legal ways or illegal ways to suppress it when it goes against their own political agenda. Which is the most appropriate thing to do? Now, that having been laid out, we're going to take a broader look at this issue of authoritarianism and what is happening here in our country. For instance, this headline came today. The Attorney General James, Letitia James, there in New York, said she's prepared to seize Donald Trump's assets, including Trump Tower's. If he doesn't pay up immediately $355 million in judgment plus another million dollars, excuse me, $100 million in interest. In other words, a half a billion dollars. If he doesn't pay up interest, immediately she's going to seize his assets. Now, let's suppose that that same statement came from Vladimir Putin. How would you respond? How would you respond if, uh, let's say, uh, Mr. Navalny, Navalny, who has just met his demise, most likely at the hands of Vladimir Putin and his henchmen, what would you say if Mr. Navalny was a billionaire, a multi-billionaire, but he was also running for, as an opposition to Vladimir Putin? and he gets thrown in jail, in prison, and then they increase his jail time a second time, a number of years, and then they finally increase it to 19 years in one of the worst prisons in Russia. What would you say if Vladimir Putin said, I'm going to seize his assets? How would you respond? Would that be any different than what Letitia James is doing or seeking to do in New York, in an unprecedented case. What's happening in New York under color of law, in that regard, is unprecedented, and every legal authority knows it. So what really is going on here? Is Letitia James actually carrying on a vendetta of authoritarianism on behalf of the Democrat Party in order to destroy economically the leading opposition to Joe Biden and the Democrat Party with regard to the 2024 presidential election. What's the difference? What is the difference? I'm just leaving that kind of open for you to think about. At the same time, Russia now is issuing a warrant for the arrest of. Navalny's brother, Navalny's brother, his younger brother, who died in prison last week. They issued a warrant for his arrest. It was not immediately clear under which article of the Russian criminal code the new case against the younger brother had been opened. He's 40 years old, was already on the ministry, Russia's ministry wanted list in connection with another case. Accused of violating Russia's COVID restrictions by encouraging people to join his brother Navalny's unsanctioned anti-government protests. Wait a minute. Unsanctioned anti-government protests. In other words, he disagreed with what the government said. That's what an unsanctioned government protest is. It's one that the government didn't say, go ahead, we like what you're doing, no problem but he didn't do that. The brother has long been a steadfast supporter of his brother's opposition movement. In 2014, he was sentenced to three and a half years in prison. The Russian prison service announced last Friday that his brother, Alexei Navalny, died after collapsing and losing consciousness In the Arctic Circle Penal Code, uh, uh, Penal, uh, whatever it is, Colony, Penal Colony, U.S. President Joe Biden and Vice President Kamala Harris both blamed Russian President Vladimir Putin for Navalny's death. So who are they going to blame for what Mr. Biden has been doing to facilitate, encourage the attacks on Donald Trump under color of law. He's just not using a bullet. He's using the legal system that is under the control of the Democrat Party in New York and in Atlanta, Georgia. He's using them to attack his political opponent. Now, we're not talking here about the relative values of what Mr. Biden might stand for politically and what Mr. Uh, uh, Trump might stand for politically. That's not what we're talking about here today. So just somehow try to disconnect yourself from whatever you believe about those two people. We're talking about the principle of freedom. We're talking about the difference between authoritarianism and freedom. And it is my contention today, lamentably, that freedom is on the chopping block in the United States of America. Whether you want to call it the fragility of freedom, or U.S. goes authoritarian, or suppression of speech, The question is, how is the U.S. different from Russia? How is Biden different from Putin? Destroying the opposition in the name of democracy? And friends, if the state is supreme, you're a slave. We're all slaves. So what we're seeing now is the pursuit of global government It's the gravitational pull to absolute authoritarianism in the name of peace, security, and prosperity passing under the name of democracy. The more the people scream for our democracy, our democracy, the more you can almost be sure they're calling for authoritarianism. They don't want democracy, they don't want freedom. They want power. And power corrupts, and absolute power corrupts absolutely. Now, as we speak, the United States of America, lawyers for our government, arguing today before a London court, why they think Julian Assange should face espionage charges in the United States in response to a last-ditch bid by Assange's defense to stop extradition of the WikiLeaks founder. The 52-year-old Australian has been indicted on 17 charges of espionage and one charge of computer misuse over his website's publication of classified U.S. documents almost 15 years ago. American prosecutors are alleging that Assange encouraged and helped U.S. Army intelligence analyst Chelsea Manning steal diplomatic cables and military files that WikiLeaks later published putting lives at risk. Well, friends... Joe Biden is putting lives at risk by the hundreds of thousands across our country and around the world. Knowingly. Assange supporters maintain he is a secrecy-busting journalist who exposed U.S. military wrongdoing in Iraq and Afghanistan. Afghanistan. They argue that the prosecution is politically motivated and he won't get a fair trial in the United States, which is absolutely true. He won't. Any more than Trump would get a fair trial in New York or Atlanta. The whole thing is a masquerade. A masquerade of righteousness in the name of unrighteousness. A masquerade of freedom in the name of authoritarianism. Lawyer Edward Fitzgerald said Assange will suffer a flagrant denial of justice if he's sent to the U.S. He could face up to 175 years in prison. In fact, it has been said and believed that the American government actually sent the CIA out to kill him. Now, wait a minute, wait a minute. The American government sent the CIA out to find a way to kill him? That's the report. Now, if that be true, how is that different than Vladimir Putin going after Navalny, poisoning him at one point? Who knows how he died this time? All we know is that Vladimir Putin is set to run for president again, and he doesn't want any opposition, neither does Biden. We used to believe in this country that you could engage in all kinds of speech as long as you didn't... uh, call fire in crowded theater when there was no fire. You can engage in all kinds of speech, but you could not engage in behavior that used the government and the power of government to dissemble among the people, to use the authority of the government to attack and curtail and restrain political opponents so that they could not exercise democratic freedom. You see, if if you go to that length, the checks and balances of the government no longer have any value. And that's exactly what the Biden administration is doing. They are seeking to circumvent all of the checks and balances of the government The federal government, in order to accomplish indirectly what they cannot do directly. Now, Russia's going to hold an election. And we're supposed to be holding an election. What's the difference? What's the difference? Let's talk more about it. Let's take a little deeper look into what authoritarianism
0: really looks like. Are you ready? We'll be back. There is so much more about Chuck Meyer and Save America Ministries on our website, saveus.org. For example, under the Marriage section, God has marriage on his mind.
1: Welcome back to Viewpoint. We're talking about authoritarianism. We're talking about the endangering of freedom under color of law and democracy. This is how deception takes place, my friends. It takes place in ways that those who are simple-minded and non-discerning don't recognize. So we're... Connecting the dots here today on Viewpoint so that we can recognize it for what it is. We're in so-called democracy in America is in great danger. Yes, I know we don't have a pure democracy, and rightly so. Now you see why. One of the reasons, the main reason is because government cannot be trusted. Our founders did not trust government. They absolutely did not trust government. That's why they gave us a republic. As Franklin said, if you can keep it. Well, it's under attack right now, friends, perhaps as never before. There's a reason, by the way, why all of the records with regard to the assassination of uh, JFK John Fitzgerald Kennedy, was kept in secret. What was it? For 50 years? 70 years? Something like that. Why did they do that? Because it reflected upon the democracy of this country. It reflected upon the danger to this country. It would upset completely upset and cause chaos among the people if we really knew that's in the United States of America my friends the land of the free increasingly becoming only the home of the brave now authoritarian can, authoritarianism can come in under a hyper-conservative view, or it can come into a hyper-liberal view. Either way, because it reflects human nature. And human nature is not to be trusted. Our founders said it wasn't to be trusted. God said it wasn't to be trusted. Jeremiah said the heart of men is desperately wicked who can know it. And that includes prime ministers, presidents, popes, pastors, All are in deep trouble because our hearts are not pure. That's why we need checks and balances. But when we use the power of government to completely circumvent those checks and balances, we have basically spelled the demise of the very democratic form that we are alleging to support. And that's what's happening. I want you to listen to the words of Mr. Assange's wife, Julian Assange's wife, who was there in England yesterday in London. As the court was hearing his final appeal, she said, the world is watching. She accused the U.S. of abusing the legal system to hound, prosecute, and intimidate and argued that the U.S. plotted to murder her husband, referring to revelations that the CIA sought to kill Assange in 2017 when he sheltered in the Ecuadorian embassy in London. She said what's at stake is the ability to publish the truth and expose crimes of government when they're committed by states or governments. She told dozens of demonstrators gathered at the outside of the Royal Courts of Justice in London yesterday. And she's right. Now, you may have different ideas about what Julian Assange did. But I'm telling you from his viewpoint, and in reality, the reason... The real reason why the government is after him so hard is not because they think he committed treason. It's because he unveiled, had the temerity to unveil their scandalous, illegal, and despotic actions behind the scenes that they were covering up. That's the reason. You can put whatever label you want on it. You can call it treason You can call it disrespect of the law, whatever you want to call it. But that's what he did. That was the effect of what he did, and they hated him for it. The Bush administration hated him for it. Because he uncovered and revealed to America and the world, that we were not the people we purported to be. Now, here's the problem. Let's put that into our individual situations. God, by his spirit and through his word, is seeking to unveil our sinful and skulldudgerous behavior. He says, if we will humble ourselves and confess our sin, which he says, if you deny, you make God a liar, and the word is not in you, the truth is not in you. But if we'll confess our sin, if we'll come clean before God, that our behavior, our attitudes and actions are actually, in effect, treasonous against God and his kingdom, which is what, that's why there's a death penalty for sin. Because it's treason against the kingdom of God. Adam committed treason against the kingdom of God and turned over the authority to Satan in Genesis chapter 3. So, how many people get thrilled When the truth is brought forth either by the Holy Spirit through the Word of God or through some secondary source that reveals who they really are and the sin that does so easily beset them. How do we feel about that? Are we happy about it? No. Because of our pride. That's why the U.S. government is not happy about what Assange did, because he revealed the skulldudgerous, sinful behavior of our government. And they're not happy about it, because their pride is on the line. Mm. Now, if you think that we're through on this, you've got another thing coming. Next, Biden to shell out nearly a million dollars for disinformation dashboard. The Biden administration will hand over nearly a million dollars to a state university for the development of computer models that will track so called misinformation, disinformation, and malinformation. Clemson University in South Carolina is set to receive more than $950,000 from the Obama administration Department of Justice to investigate how misinformation, disinformation, and malinformation eventually well, can create problems. What is the real Motivation here, friends. The real information, the real motivation here is not to truly identify misinformation or disinformation, but it's to protect the Biden administration and the Democrat Party from their misinformation and disinformation, and to call any opposition by the name, by the title of misinformation and disinformation, so that they can. Censor it, prevent it from happening. Yet that's exactly what the judge, was it yesterday or today, came out and said was happening with regard to Robert F. Kennedy Jr. Said the government is seeking out of its way, here it is right here, Today, the federal judge issued a preliminary injunction prohibiting the Biden administration officials and agencies from coercing or encouraging social media platforms to suppress or censor online content containing protected free speech. But they're going to do it anyway. They're giving a million dollars to Clemson University to try to do just that. And that's not all the money they have given out. There are numerous projects across the country. Here's one that received $5.7 million in 2021 for the same purpose. Another received $750,000 to create propaganda tools to educate broad swaths of the public. This is what our existing government is doing. Is there a such thing as misinformation? Yes, It's a fundamental true uh, uh, tool of warfare. Is there such a thing as disinformation? Yes, it's a fundamental tool of warfare. Why do you think the Biden administration wants to focus on that? Because they're at war with anybody that's in opposition. That's why. It just does not take a rocket scientist or a Philadelphia lawyer to figure it out. We have a problem in our country. We're not necessarily the people that we think we are. Lynn Wood, an attorney, extremely uh, renowned attorney, made a statement today in the World Tribune that it pe- appears that even the Supreme Court is validating unprecedented lawfare against
0: Donald Trump and his effort to punch the president. But the same can be found right now. Go to SaveUs.org and click Sell Church. We can revive first century Christianity for the 21st century. It's about people, not programs. It's about a body, not a building. That's SaveUs.org. Click Sell Church.
1: We're talking today about freedom, the fragility of freedom. Freedom isn't free, my friends. You've got to sacrifice. You've got to pay the price for your liberty. And there are those who are doing that. For instance, the report today. The Federal Bureau of Prisons in America has barred a January 6th prisoner, Joseph Biggs, a decorated war veteran and former uh, reporter, branded him an imminent threat to national security by the Biden administration So preventing him from speaking to the American people, lawyers, or other sources about his case, even though he's already in prison. The FBI is employing the Bureau of Prisons to essentially torture the political hostages speaking out or even providing anyone with a comment for publication that could result in a brutal beatdown by correctional officers and return them to solitary confinement. I, I'm telling you, my friends, we're we're in deep trouble. Is the US under Joe Biden's leadership now as bad or worse than communist countries and Vladimir Putin when it comes to political prisoners? This particular defendant refused to cooperate with the government before being sentenced or accepting a plea deal that would have directly incriminated former president Donald Trump. So he paid a big price for it. He would not sacrifice himself. So he's been confined in a solitary confinement in a six by eight foot cell, freezing cold with no windows and practically starved for 17 months there just outside of Washington, DC. I don't have time to go into all the details concerning what happened to him and the others. In other words, they tried to force these people to lie in order to incriminate Donald Trump. And they said, no. Our freedom, our reputation is worth more. We'll suffer for the truth. That's basically what this man said. I'm willing to suffer for the truth. They, The government saw a 33-year sentence after he was already sentenced to 17 years. Why? Because they want to silence opposition. In the United States of America, You know the God Bless America country? Land of my birth? Stand beside her and guide her with the light from above. God can't guide this country anymore because we're in utter and total rebellion. What is authoritarianism? A political system characterized by the rejection of democracy, civil liberties, and political plurality. You say, well, we're not rejecting democracy, is it? Aren't they keeping calling for democracy? Yeah, wait till we hear this full of the story here. Authoritarian states might continually nominally democrat institutions such as political parties, legislators, and elections, which are managed to entrench authoritarian rule and can feature fraudulent, non-competitive elections. Since 1946, the share of authoritarian states in the international political system increased until the mid-1970s, but declined from then until the year 2000. So what's happening now? Authoritarianism is on the uptick all over the world, including in America. It's about power, perks, and position. It's about doing anything that is deemed necessary to protect and preserve power. It doesn't matter whether it means to lie, cheat, steal, make false accusations, kill people, put them in prison. None of those things count in the, in the wake of the unbelievable pursuit of power. And as they say, power corrupts, and absolute power corrupts absolutely. Authoritarian regimes often adopt the institutional trappings of democracies like constitutions, setting forth freedoms that are not honored in practice. That's exactly what's happening, friends. The Bill of Rights is not being honored in practice in this country. In fact, starting with Barack Obama who openly stated he did not like the Constitution, thought it should be scrapped because it gave too much authority to the people. He said all the authority should be given to the government with certain limited things, freedoms given to the people. That's what Barack Obama said. And he was revered for it in the Democrat Party. And Joe Biden was his helpmate, vice president. Authoritarian regimes typically incorporate similar political institutions to that of democratic regimes. Democrat regimes are marked by institutions that are essential to economic development and individual freedom. Most authoritarian regimes embrace these political structures, but use it in a way that reinforces their power. That's what we're talking about. Democratic elections are generally inclusive, competitive, and fair. Authoritarian elections, on the other hand, are frequently subject to fraud. Why do you think the whole 2020 election thing, what do you think that was about? Fraud and the prevention of anybody doing investigations into it, and if you did, you were tantamount to treasonous and should be in prison. Autocratic leaders employ tactics like murdering political opposition, and paying election monitors to ensure victory. That kind of thing, by the way, is happening all across America. It's coming out behind the scenes now, four years after the 2020 election. According to a 2019 study, authoritarian regimes have over time become less reliant on violence and mass repression to maintain maintain control. So what are they resorting to? Listen to this. By the way, this is coming I haven't written this. This is not my these are not my words. Instead, authoritarians have increasingly resorted to manipulation of information as a means of control. Friends, that's just what this federal judge almost screamed at the White House and the federal agents for doing to Robert F. Kennedy Jr. He said the evidence was massive at what they were doing. Authoritarians increasingly seek to create an appearance of good performance, concealing state repression and imitating democracy. Imitating democracy. In other words, using the word democracy in order to deceive the people concerning their true and real Intentions. I'm looking at an article that I came across. It says, authoritarianism, how you know it when you see it, which reminded me of a Supreme Court case that every lawyer in law school has to learn about, about pornography. I believe it was Justice Douglas who was asked, you know, what what is pornography? And his answer was, I'll know it when I see it. I'll know it when I see it. Well, today we become so inured to pornographic images that we even have accepted them, for the most part, on national television, on, through co- uh, various television enterprises, in the movies. It's everywhere. So how are you going to know it when you see it, when you become inured to it? That's what's happening to us, friends authoritarianism and totalitarianism are becoming so commonplace that we are becoming inured or accustomed to it. So we're like the frog in the kettle that's being boiled alive gradually so that we will not recognize the reality of what is happening until it's too late. So here's what this article says. You'll know it when you see it. Well, what will you know? How, how would we know it? A concerted effort by a network of organizations and institutions, government, legal, educational, media, business, military, police, religious and cultural institutions to legitimize an oppressive system by providing it legal and political support. Friends, that's an exact definition of what's happening under the Biden administration. That's why there's such chaos in our country. No trust in government anymore. Have you noticed? Next, a system that is willing to engage in a spectrum of undemocratic practice, from corruption and sowing lies and conspiracy theories, to using fear and violence in order to manipulate, divide people, and maintain power. Have you noticed how, in the last three years, the very person that as inauguration said he was going to unite the people, has done exactly the opposite with intention? To divide the people? Why? Divide and control. It's a fundamental uh, technique or tactic of warfare. That's how you gain dominion. That's how he's destroying this country to prepare us to be a assimilated into the world's ultimate, prophetically uh, foretold authoritarian government called a One World Order. Under the ultimate world authoritarian known as the counterfeit Christ, the imposter, the Antichrist. Another characteristic is the misuse of power of the state to advance the personal and our partisan desires of the head of state or ruling clique, persecuting political opponents, subverting honest elections. Isn't that exactly what this very day Joe Biden's brother is there before the Congress concerning a an investigation of the president of the United States? for his self-dealing with his family, using the power of the state for his own benefit and ruling clique. Authoritarianism often emerges legally by democratically elected leaders who subvert democratic norms and institutions to stay in power. That, my friends, is what the so called lawfare warfare is about subverting honest elections through legal attacks to crush any opposition. How is that any different than what Vladimir Putin did to Mr. Navalny for years? A slow and quiet advance over a period of years where small battles weaken the foundations of democracy which can culminate in a period of rapid democratic losses and decline. So what are some of the core attributes of authoritarianism? Rejecting democratic rules of game, denying the legitimacy of opponents, tolerating or encouraging political violence, curtailing the civil liberties of opponents, breaking down social cohesion to divide and rule a society. Friends, every single one of those characteristics defines the Biden administration and the operational modus operandi of the Democrat Party in our country and many Republicans. That's why freedom is on the line. I hope this has been helpful here today. Friends, if you think that we've seen the end of this story, you need to think again. Because the Bible tells us there is one coming who will ride the wave of this new authoritarianism to save the world. He's called the Antichrist. Get a copy of my book, Antichrist, How to Identify the Coming Impostor. $18 on our website, saveus.org. $18, saveus.org. Call us 1-800-SAVE-USA.